Welcome back to Menu TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and today, y'all, we are going to be discussing Fargo. That's right, y'all. Season 5, Episode 4, titled In Assaultabilia. I hope I pronounced that right, y'all. <laughs> I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas, if that's what you celebrate. If you don't celebrate that, but you celebrate Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or something of that nature, then I hope you enjoyed that as well. Um, we are approaching the new year fast, y'all. Hope y'all are ready. Because we ain't got no other choice but to adapt. <laughs> but I hope everybody's week has been going well thus far. We're going to get into the synopsis and then we're going to get right into the episode because I really do like this show. So the synopsis for this one is Munch makes a bold move. Indira and Wit have questions. Wayne takes a fall and Gator disappoints. That damn gator, for him to have such an inflated ego, he sure does disappoint quite often. <laughs> and we start off with another disappointment as we open the episode, okay? Gator and his crew, of course, have been giving the assignment to kidnap Dots, okay? And, you know, if there's some collateral damage with the husband and the baby, then you do what you gotta do. But I want my wife back, okay? Those were his orders, and so he is going. And y'all remember from the last episode, they've been looking up and down the street. Y'all know Dot done changed daggone street names. Very clever. But ultimately, they do find her after they come back in from trick-or-treating. And by this time, y'all, Dot is expecting them, and so she is ready. She's put something in the oven as we see them walking up okay they've got these halloween masks on he has on a jack from uh the nightmare before christmas and then a, a pilgrim looking mask and then there's another mask that kind of looks like munch but with a long face and then uh there's some other mask okay i don't know but y'all know dot is expecting them so they come in and all is quiet y'all they go all through the house looking for Dot. Can't find her, okay? She's in a closet somewhere, and just when it looks like they find her, it's not the right closet, okay? So they look they look up under the bed. One of them walks right past where the, the attic latch is, okay? Not paying attention to it. And so one of the guys ends up finding her, but she surprises him with some pepper spray. Sprays the rap out of him y'all and then um she ends up pushing him down the stairs right so just then uh of course he's screaming for help gator comes running and then dot goes hiding somewhere else right she's over there by the front door but she's waiting on more people to come right so they're looking 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 for dot and one of them ultimately finds or sees the attic latch, they pull down on the latch. After This is the guy, the same guy that's been pepper sprayed. He pulls down on the latch, y'all, and the ladder extends to the point where it, like, knocks him down and is kind of, like, forcing him to stay down. It's, it's, like, it's got his neck, okay? It's pinned down by the neck area. And so he's trying to breathe. He's struggling, y'all. And we find out that Scotty and Wayne are in the attic, okay? Gator is still looking for 
Nadine. He's been calling her name this entire time, taunting her. And she runs out of the house. She comes back in the house, but through the sliding door. Okay. So she ends up running into Gator. He pulls his mask off and he's like, now you got to come with us. She was like, I'm not going back. He was like, now, you know, you going to be coming back. So you might as well go ahead and get your ass in the car. Okay. Get, get your ass in the van. And so she puts up a fight. She ends up using his cast for his uh, broken arm against him. Okay. Uh, is able to subdue him for just a second. And then she ends up running into the air ducts. Meanwhile, one of the other guys, um, oh, before she ran out the house, y'all, she ended up using that same sledgehammer that Wayne was asking about in the previous episode as to why it's like standing right at the front door or hanging right above the front door. She ended up using that on one of Gator's uh, goonies. Okay. So she done subdued Gator. She done slipped inside the, the vent, uh, the air duct. And some kind of way she ends up running into Gator again after she subdues one of the other uh, goonies. It's, I think it's a girl this time. So as Gator is talking cash money, uh, trying to find her, she ends up bum rushing the girl by throwing like um, throwing a sheet over her and surprising her. And so they're tussling back and forth. She ends up getting the best of the girl, and then here comes Gator. So she's instructing Wayne and Scotty to hurry up and get down to the basement, um, but uh, Wayne wants to try to go another way. And so she's like, no, 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 but there's no time for her to uh, debate with him because here comes Gator, okay? And so he's calling her name, and Wayne is confused because he's trying to figure out just who in the hell is Nadine. Okay, you got me in a dark hole here with no answers. I'm trying to figure it out. Now it's not the time, Wayne. Okay, so she ends up tussling with Gator for a quick second, but she ends up getting the best of him. It gives her enough time to run upstairs with Wayne, Scotty, and uh, Wayne and Scotty, and so she's trying to give him another way to get out, but he's like, "No, I'm just gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take this window right here, and we're just gonna use the trellis." the trellis to get down the side of the house well as she's trying to tell him no don't use the window that's exactly the time that he gets the crap zapped out of him so y'all remember she had rigged the window downstairs in the kitchen but apparently she had rigged all of the windows and so i hopefully it's not enough uh votes to kill him but give him a good enough zap. So he gets zapped enough to where he goes real stiff and falls back. Okay, this ain't no quick little, <laughs> real quick, ow, that hurt. No, he falls straight back like he's stiff. So they're trying to check on him as Gator is banging on the door. The damn curtains done caught on fire where they are. So Dot hurries up and pulls the curtains off and throws them by the door. So that way, once Gator actually does finally get the door down then he won't be able to come through said door because there'll be a fire there so scotty is trying to you know check wayne's breathing and she dot is having a moment where she's trying to think and there's all the noise is kind of like blackened out a little bit and she's trying to like keep her composure which she's doing a hell of a job y'all because if my husband 
would have been shocked and zapped on the ground. I don't know, okay? But she, I mean, she done took out everybody else, and she's encouraging Scotty to go ahead and get down the trellis, and she's uh, telling her how good of a job she's doing, okay, way to stay focused. And she finally has, uh, she finally pulls Wayne out of the window. And at this point, it's either stay at the top of the roof or fall from a second story. So she pushes her husband to the side where he falls from the second story. But luckily there's, a, I think, snow. Am I tripping? I don't know. I can't remember if it's snow. I believe it is some snow there already. So she pushes him from the second story. And he does crash a little bit. But hopefully, since he's kind of relaxed, his body is relaxed and out of it at this point. Hopefully, he won't break too many bones. Because he can't really, like, brace himself for the fall. So we'll see. But um, since the house is caught on fire... Here comes the fire department along with the police as well. And this gives Gator and his people enough time to get out of there. Although they are very injured, all of them make it out alive. Okay, so as they're walking down the street, I'm curious as to why nobody pulled them over. But I guess it's probably because they have their Halloween mask on. And so maybe they figure... Um, one of them is just drunk and so the buddies are helping them helping him get get somewhere safely I don't know y'all but I just didn't like the fact that they didn't they didn't uh, stop them and question them about if they saw anything regarding this house being on fire but I guess we'll figure it out but for now Gators plan has been thwarted again so Ron is in the house of the Lord Okay, and he is talking about how it's almost that time. Okay, time is coming for the midnight man's come. That's right. He's actually met him in person before. To to uh, tongue serpent, if you will. And so he goes on to tell this story about Baylor Mays, who apparently was uh, under the spell of Beelzebub himself said that he ended up killing his children and killed his wife by hanging her with the curtain tie, okay? So, he says that he was the first one on the scene, and so he knows the carnage that was there. And um, he says, you know, <laughs> you've been with me through that trying time, and I know you'll continue to be with me. As he is being shown riding home on his horse, he discovers the melee that Munch left behind. Of course, y'all remember he ran up on old boy and he sees that there's been a disturbance on the front porch. So he goes in, he goes to grab a shotgun. Okay, starts walking through the house, sees these bloody footprints making their way towards his daughter's room. Okay, he walks in there and baby girl is still alive. Thank goodness. Okay, I think the girl, both of the girls are still alive because I think he's got twins. But in blood, there is a sign in between the beds. Now, I'm not sure what the sign means, but apparently he does. Meanwhile, Dot is at the hospital and she's talking to Scotty and Scotty is trying to figure out who those men were. Were they demons? And she says no, okay? demons don't exist only bad men and so she's trying to figure out why they were so nasty 
and um, she says, you know, good things have good things happen to good people. Bad things don't happen to good people. Okay, but accidents do happen, and we do know that your dad is pretty clumsical, and so she's telling Scotty to give the excuse if anyone comes asking that they chased their dad home with the zombie killer which was the bat with the nails in it um because they thought he was a zombie when he tripped and fell in the bushes and that's how he got those cuts and those bruises on his face and hands and then to excuse the shock that happened to him well they had a whole, I guess she said they had a whole bunch of stuff plugged in. And um, when he plugged it in, it, it was a wire accident, okay? And so when he plugged it in, of course, he got zapped really badly. But hopefully Wayne will be able to pull through. And um, she reminds her that as long as she thinks good thoughts and has good intentions and good actions, then the kingdom of heaven will be her reward. Huh. <sighs> Yeah, I hope Wayne pulled through. So, um, just as she's trying to give Scotty the excuse that she needs to give to other people, we see Wit and Queen Detective. They're looking at the surveillance footage from the convenience store that fateful night that Wit got shot in the leg. Okay, and Doc came the same day. So, as they're looking at it, of course, Queen Deputy recognizes Dot and she accurately uh, she she says yes, she confirms her identity. So as they're talking about that, this becomes even more confusing to Queen Deputy because who in the world has all of this stuff happened to them? And then when the police come to help or comes come questioning you. You pretend as if nothing ever happened. Who does that? And so Wayne mentions how ghosts don't like to be photographed. And she was like, shit, you know ghosts. Okay. So just then, um, one of the other officers comes in and lets them know that there was a five alarm fire at the lion's house. Went up in smoke. And so they were like, oh, shoot. So... They go rushing, well, Indira does, to the car. Uh, Wit, you're going to have to give him a minute because he's still walking around with a cane. Okay, But at least it's not them doggone crutches. So as she's walking to the car, she gets a phone call from a, a bill collector saying that there's a medical bill in the amount of over $2,000. And so she was like, oh, yeah, you know, that happened to my husband last year when... Um, he degloved his ring finger and so as she's trying to explain what's going on to the debt collector we hear Lorraine talking to uh somebody I guess maybe a reporter or something or maybe a detective or she's she's basically talking to somebody about what their services are okay she is um a she she owns a debt consolidation company and so she's explaining in an elaborate way how her company uh, was able to turn a profit of $1.6 billion just last year. And um, the guy mentions how most of 
the debts that they claimed that they were able to resolve for clients was actually deemed uh, uncollectible by a lot of those collection companies. And so they basically like wrote off that debt. But apparently, according to her, she was able to collect, uh, she was able to provide those debt collection companies with the funds that they needed on behalf of her clients to get their debts resolved. Mm, sounds like it's something really shady happening there. But she ends up telling him that most Americans don't want handouts. They just need the opportunity to fix something themselves, i.e. their debt. So as she's explaining this to, to him, uh, her bodyguard, I think his name is Dwayne, y'all okay i'm not sure her bodyguard comes in and lets her know that her son's house is on fire so she's got to excuse herself to go see what all is happening and hopefully see if her son is okay well i'm not even sure that she cares honestly but anyway so <laughs> it seems like queen deputy may be reaching the end of her rope as far as putting up with her husband and this insurmountable debt that he seems to keep getting them deeper and deeper into. Lorraine finally arrives at the hospital, y'all. And she is really seriously trying to throw her weight around that place. Like, she comes in and she demands for somebody to start giving her answers. Um, she wants to see her son right away. She wants him in a private room. She wants these special experts to come in. And Dot is trying to explain to her that that is not how this works, okay? You can't order the Saudi package in the hospital. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's trying to explain to her what happened to the house. And Lorraine is like, girl, I ain't even trying to hear it, okay? I just had to reschedule my appointment with the, the guy from Forbes all because you decided to have some kidnappers come and, and run through the whole rigmarole yesterday. Okay, I just had to reschedule him and now I'm rescheduling him again. Girl, get it together. So Dot is like, it was bad wiring, it's faulty wiring. We're going to stay in the hotel for a couple of days. And she was like, you really expect my granddaughter to stay in a hotel? I'm like, girl, unless you're offering up your house, which just let me stay in the hotel. I'll take my chances with the covers. <laughs> I'll take my chances because I would not want to stay at Lorraine's house, okay, if it was the last thing that I did. But maybe Scotty, okay? So unless you're offering up your house, girl, I suggest you sit back and be quiet. So... As they're going back and forth, here comes Wit and Queen Deputy because they have answers for Dot, okay? Well, not answers, but they have questions for Dot. They want to try to figure out what's going on, okay? Uh, one of our officers is dead, okay? And then there is a very dangerous man that's on the run. We need you to provide some answers if you could shed some light on what is going on here so we can get this bad man off the street and behind bars but she's like no that didn't happen and so Wit was like look girl okay first off we pulled the footage from 
the the convenience store so yes that was you second off i recognize you okay so that's two and then three like it is what it is like this is this is not a false reality okay you were there i saw you there now we need some answers and so she tries to put it off a little bit by saying oh well we're waiting on uh wayne my husband is supposed to be resting we're trying to basically be here to support him and queen deputy was like well with all due respect god like you outside because they're in the waiting room okay you in the waiting room so you're not right by your husband's side well um my kid is here so i, I don't want to answer these types of questions and so she looks to damage to try to see if he can offer her some type of help when it comes to like getting off <laughs> uh, avoiding these questions right now and so he was like look now it's not the time for my client to be answering any of these questions all right so just then for a second time uh the nurse comes through one of the the medical staff comes through and says hey mrs lyons of course Lorraine and Dot both look in the direction, but she has to clarify that she's speaking to the wife, not to the mama, the monster-in-law. And um, she was like, oh. <laughs> so she comes to tell her that Wayne is awake. And so she rushes back there. Can you, can you please watch Scotty? Are, you mean to tell me that you are asking me to watch my granddaughter? Of course, I'm going to watch her. That's my granddaughter. It's you who needs to be watched. So, Doc gets back there, and it seems like maybe they gave him something. Maybe he's got bouts of amnesia, because he's going in and out of what actually happened that night. He's not sure. He asked her, no, he calls her Nadine, and she was like, no, mm -mm, I'm Doc. Remember, I'm your wife, Dorothy, and he keeps saying, my wife, my wife, my wife. And like he and he's got a smile on his face the entire time, y'all. So it seems like he may be happy that Dot is his wife because she's pretty, right? So um he also mentions a ladder. And then what else does he say? He mentions something else pertaining oh how the house was on fire. And so she was like, Yeah, with some bad wiring, okay? You went to go plug something in and that's how you ended up here. But I promise you that I'm going to fix everything, and including the house, okay? Or maybe we can just build a new one, and we can live like the story in the fairy tale. So she's promising to make amends and make, make things right as rain again. And she tells him to scoot over, and she lays beside him and spoons with him. And, I mean, he's still smiling, but I'm not sure if he... maybe Wayne's putting on an act maybe he yes he is happy to see her but I just feel like maybe he's he's coming to realize that Dot may just not be who she's been claiming to be this entire time so the two FBI officers are going to a judge in hopes that they will be able to be granted approval to continue with trying to prosecute Roy for any illegalities he's performing behind the scenes over there <laughs> so as they're trying to plead their case they mention how they believe that he's stolen special forces equipment and given it to some men in the militia that he's a part of not only that but clearly he's letting all of these people that are 
doing illegal crimes or committing all of these illegal crimes, he's letting them just skate based off his own uh, presumptions of what the law should or shouldn't be. Okay. And then not only that, but he's basically been able to disappear. Two wives, two, two wives have went missing on his watch. And not only that, but he's just a bad guy. Okay. And one of his men, one of his deputies was actually killed the other day. But in less than 12 hours, they had him buried, claiming that it was an accident. We, we know better, clearly. So as they're trying to plead their case, the judge ends up telling them a story about how in 1958, the people in China went to war with the birds, basically saying how um, they were complaining about these birds who kept eating the grains and the seeds and stuff like that. And so because it had become such a nuisance to the people there, they ended up telling all of the people that lived in the, that particular community community to grab pots and pans and start making all of the noise. Um, and so with all of this noise, of course, it drove the birds insane, right? Um, to the effect of them actually dying. Over two, I think he said two million birds died. Two million sparrows died. And so he went on to say that although the birds died, they didn't now have any type of uh, animal or uh, fowl. Is fowl a bird? Any type. <laughs> they now they had a bug issue basically because since the birds had all died no bugs or locusts were able to be eaten okay and so they wreaked havoc on the community after the birds died so the people in that village thought that they were getting rid of one problem but they actually made a bigger mess for themselves to clean up so he compares that to Roy Tillman and what if they were to actually prosecute him at this particular point in time. If we decided to go up against one of the biggest sheriffs in the Northwest, and not only that, but he's a, a well-known member in this particular militia, what's going to happen after that? How are we going to move after that? And so he basically tells them to let Roy Tillman be a hobby of theirs while they continue to put the real bad guys behind bars. And he walks off. So, of course, this leaves the FBI officers in just stupefied. Like, what? That doesn't even make sense. He's clearly got to be in the pocket of Roy Tillman. Clearly. Okay. His, his hand stretches real far. Um, because there's no way that an officer of the law that's morally upright is going to tell you to just let this slide. So he's got to be in cahoots some kind of way with Roy Tillman. Um, so after the judge walks away from them, uh, the female officer ends up getting a notification from someone letting her know that Dodd is alive okay they found her they've been able to track her down and so they're going to follow up on this lead good for them
So the silent one is sitting in a tub and I don't know if he's hallucinating that he's seeing Roy, but for whatever reason, he starts to tell us a story himself about how um, years and years ago, and I don't know if this was a story, well, it's got to be a story of self-preservation. I'm not sure if it's pertaining to him, but he, I think he's talking about men like Roy, okay? Men like Roy live in a society where it's kill or be killed. Okay, that he's the type of man that will eat all of the food so that nobody else will be able to get any. Okay, and he also mentions how at the first instance that you take away something that said person wants, then they're quick to say that their freedom has been snatched from them. But freedom isn't free. Okay, freedom is not free at all. It never has been. Um, freedom cost your life okay and so at this point he's saying it's either you or me kill or be killed now i'm not sure if he's talking about uh what what type of man he believes Roy is or if he's trying to motivate himself to go kill roy and i think he went to that house to try to find roy but when he couldn't i'm just glad that he didn't touch those kids so as he's as he's uh doing what is it uh, his mantra, I don't know, y'all. The lady whose house he's been holed up in, I thought that was his mom, but it doesn't seem to be his mom because she's asking him, what does he want from her? And so he stands up, y'all, butterball naked, still got dirt all on his body, talking about he wants some pancakes. And this lady has got to be absolutely terrified of him. I'm pretty sure she went down there and fixed him a whole stack of pancakes that probably tasted better than the ones at IHOP, y'all. So Gator done rolled up to Roy's because he wants to let him know that Mission Tame the Tiger has failed epically. But instead of getting Roy, y'all, he gets a couple of men covering another body. What happened here? Oh, the boogeyman came last night. Got him. Who, Munch? I don't know that man name. Okay, I just know that he is a bad man from the Badlands. And so I guess they must have told Gator where Roy was. Now, Roy is playing couples counselor to the couple that we saw a few episodes ago where the abusive douchebag was beating on his wife. Okay, downgrading her, talk, talking all types of crazy to her, putting his hands on her. And so, Roy's sitting in the chair, facing Joshua, who is the abusive dirtbag, and he's asking Lenore, the wife, if she's been taking his advice by being a dutiful, respectful, uh, you know, submissive wife to her husband. And she says, yes, she's done all of the things that he suggested, and yet and still, he recognizes fresh bruises on her. And so he goes on to tell him how he's named after his great, uh, not his great-grandfather, his grandfather, Roy, who was a great man, okay? Uh, I guess he mentions the terrible fact that he was an Indian killer. His words, not mine, okay? But apparently he fought in a whole bunch of different battles and wars, and I believe that he lost the body part, um, if I'm not mistaken, in one of those said wars. He made sacrifices, okay? Um, 
I guess that's in the eye of the beholder. But anyway, he was, uh, he done some courageous things in his lifetime. And so he admires his grandfather for those things. And so he also mentions that uh, Joshua from the Bible, okay, he went on to follow in Moses' footsteps after Moses died. And he mentions um, how Joshua was a good man and that his grandfather was also a good man. And while he tries to be one, well, sometimes he still falls short. But Joshua, the one that's sitting in front of him, why he is nothing of the sorts, okay? You're one of the bad ones, the ones that come in and just take up all of our air, eat up all our food, waste all these good resources on you, you puny, tiny, worthless piece of crap. And so, at this point, Joshua done pulled out his gun because he's tired of hearing all these different insults that Roy is hurling his way. And so Roy laughed at him like, boy, Roy didn't even batter. I when he pulled that gun out. But when you pull it out, you better be ready to use it, y'all. And the way that Joshua was shaking, he was not ready, okay, in the slightest. And so Roy mentions how this beta man done pulled out a gun. It's basically like putting lipstick on the pig. And so they have this stare down for all of two seconds. And uh, I guess... Uh, he decided to try his luck, y'all. Joshua Joshua fired his gun, but so did Roy, y'all. You would have thought he was quick draw McGraw on that thing. The way he pulled that gun out so fast and got precision to a T, y'all. Hit him dead in the throat. Like right right all in the Adam's apple. So Joshua immediately falls back and starts gurgling on his own blood, y'all. Joshua is in his last seconds of life and Lenore is looking on in horror like what the F now she told Joshua she did try to tell him to calm down because she knew that Joshua didn't want that smoke from Roy but he asked for it today and he, he got what he asked for plus much more y'all as Joshua takes his last breath y'all Gator comes in and he was like oh what the hell <laughs> Okay, you good? And he was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, we were able to wrap up some things here, okay? I got an anonymous tip saying that this guy was the one that actually painted the inside of my house and, and killed the cop. Talking about the one in uh, North Dakota versus, uh, versus who he's really talking about, which is Munch, right? So, he said, yeah. I found my cop killer and, uh, you know, I, I tried to talk him down, but shots were fired and I had to use self-defense, okay? And so basically he killed Joshua saying how Joshua was the cop killer, which we know that that part is a lie, but look at it this way. As uh, he's wrapping that part up, he says, now we can handle all of our matters privately and they can take out Munch and, and deal, uh, I don't, not with Dot, but take out Munch. So, Lenora is just shocked. She can't believe what just happened. 
but think of it this way this could be a good thing for you lenore okay you don't have to worry about any more broken bones no more bruises you get a monthly stipend for keeping your mouth shut because any roy any friend of roy or any quiet person i think he said is a friend of roy's or something like that lenore and him are friends and so he's gonna make sure that she's taken care of ain't that right lenore she says yes roy and him and gator part ways because he tells gator that he's gonna go take a ride on his horse to clear his head y'all and that's the way the episode ends y'all <laughs> it's gonna be an epic showdown between roy and munch now i really do want gator to be uh, eliminated from this equation i'm not sure if i want that to be on a permanent basis where he get killed off or maybe he just need to be laying up somewhere offline for quite some time i think i'd take the second option at this point he ain't he ain't did quite enough yet to just make me want to kill him off but let me know what you think y'all you can reach me at venue tv reviews on facebook and on instagram you can also reach me at my tv reviews podcast without the s on the end at gmail.com y'all i love y'all okay thank you guys for continuing to come back as i mentioned before whatever holidays you choose to celebrate i hope that we're good for you we're creeping into the new year y'all i i really wanted to release this one uh during uh christmas time so i'm, I'm still gonna release it it may be a couple days late but hey <laughs> Most of y'all still on winter break because your kids is out of school if you got kids. Or if you in school yourself, you still on winter break, so you can still listen to it. The rules still apply here. <laughs> All right, I love y'all. I hope y'all have a wonderful rest of the day. And until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.